0: in this odd year of schedules going all over the place and just trying to adapt to all the 2020 throws at us be it you know covid or rain on sunday when we weren't necessarily expecting it and just kind of all these different things and looking ahead to our christmas schedule i got to tell you i am really excited to celebrate christmas mass it's the best i think my favorite moment of the whole liturgical year is midnight mass after communion when we all sit down and flora sings so beautifully silent night and we all sing it together i could just sit there for a year you know it's just so beautiful and i love that but one of the things that i'm going to be honest with you i'm really looking forward to is on friday at about i don't know i'll probably get to my parents by about two because mass is at 10 30 not just because, you know, it's it's like basically Wednesday this week, we're having Mass in the morning at 9 instead of the normal 5.15 and Confessions for Hours because it's sort of like getting ready to run a marathon. As a priest, I have to kind of carbo-load to get all five Masses and get ready for Christmas. But when I get to my parents' house, I know what I'm going to do. I'm going to sit down on this particular chair. I'm going to lay back with the footrest up. I'll have a drink, and I'm going to watch the Christmas movies that I watch pretty much every year, The Christmas Story, uh, Christmas Vacation, and one of the many different forms of A Christmas Carol by Charles Dickens. And you ever notice, in the midst of all of those movies, there's always, of course, like any movie, any story, a whole lot of, you know, conflict and things that they have to go through, right? It's not like our favorite Christmas movies are, hey, it's a Martha Stewart Christmas in which everything is perfect. You know, we don't go back to those time and time again. Like, we all sit down and let's watch the way that this person planned out everything and everything went according to plan, the end. I mean, we just, it's not realistic, right? In our lives, as we go through our day-to-day lives, we strive to get everything, you know, as ready as we can, to put all of the plans in place, to say, hey, it's gonna be cold going forward, so we're not gonna have the eight o'clock mass for a while, and then the very next weekend, it's like 60 degrees. You don't know exactly how things are gonna play out, right? I mean, of course, we've got a plan, we gotta sorta do our part, but (laughs) I think it's one of those things where, and you see it in all of these different Christmas movies, that we are not in charge. You know, all of a sudden, no matter how hard we try, you can be Clark Griswold and put lights absolutely everywhere. Get the biggest, best Christmas tree. You know, all of these different things, but the windows can still break. The lights still might not turn on and there may be a pesky squirrel, right? I mean, you may have the best turkey, but here come the bumpus hounds, right? Or you could be afraid of poverty, of want, of difficulty, and surround yourself with money but you're still not in charge. Here comes Jacob Marley and the three ghosts of time, right? We know, I think, in some ways, although we have to be reminded often, that we are not in charge. That ultimately, we are not capable of saving ourselves. And that's where today, when you see the beginning of this gospel, a gospel that we know so well, just the very kind of like first verb in the gospel today. The angel Gabriel was sent from God, right? It's not as though Mary is sitting at home and thinks, you know what, I'm going to cook up a plan for the, saved, for the salvation of all mankind. No. Who is the main actor in this is God himself. He sends into humanity in this beautiful way, you know, the invitation for Mary to become the mother of God. Now, she is prepared, right? She is the Immaculate Conception. She is open to what God is there to say. If you go back just to Mass yesterday, or just before this Gospel, in the Gospel of Luke, you have Zachariah. And his response to the angel Gabriel is not so good. He, he isn't like Mary, open to what may come. He says, how can I know this? He's cynical. He doesn't think that God can really interact. Mary, on the other hand, is trusting and open. You know, how can this be? I don't know man. Yet the angel Gabriel explains this unique thing in all of human history, that God united with man will bring about the incarnation and Jesus Christ will be born. And she says, behold, I'm the handmaid of the Lord. May it be done to me according to your word. Now, We've been spending the last three weeks of Advent meditating on the first three commandments, right? Those commandments that open us up to the love of God. The first one, I am the Lord your God. You shall have no other gods beside me. The second one, you shall not take the name of the Lord your God in vain. And finally, you shall keep the day of the Lord, the Sabbath, holy. Now, why does he give us all of those? Is it so that if we follow them perfectly The world will be saved. Well, not exactly. I mean, ultimately, we're called to be more than just rule followers, right? Like I said, I mean, I know ridiculous examples are ridiculous, but they kind of prove the point. Look at Clark Griswold, right? He does everything he can to make the perfect, you know, Griswold family Christmas. And everything breaks loose, right? Right down to the jelly of the month club. I mean, the whole thing is falling apart. It's outside of his control. The same thing is true for us. We do need to be open to our Lord, to look to him all the time, to follow those three commandments. But it's not so that we, by doing so, build up a new earthly kingdom. And you see the glory of that even in the first reading. Where David wants to do something good for the Lord. It's a good thought. It's a beautiful thing. But think about this. Let's say David gets to just do what he wants. He's going to build the temple for the Lord. right? And it's, it's just a great big temple that's wonderful. We wouldn't get to experience that in the same way that we get to experience what is given to us by God. The best of what David could have done would have not lasted down to us. His son Solomon does get to build the temple. I've gotten to see what's left of it. It isn't much. Yes, it's a holy place. We call it the wailing wall, but it's the wailing wall. It's not the temple in all of its glory. Herein lies the good news for us. We do need to do our best. We do need to follow the first three commandments. Loving God with all that we've got. Speaking only the truth not taking his name in vain, keeping this day in particular holy, to remember what? That it's not all up to us. That ultimately God doesn't say, hey, you guys just figure this out yourselves. Be good and just do it on your own. No. Does he want us to be good? Of course. But our life is not just about legalistically following commandments, setting everything up perfectly and we're going to make it all work. That's not what he set us up for. Ultimately, yes, he wants us to be in relationship with him. He wants us to follow those commandments so that we know his love. We're open to him. We are in communication with him. In order that, he can give us his gifts. He gives us his son. Notice that David is not able to build the temple. But my brothers and sisters in Christ, what God has given has allowed you and me to become the temples of the Holy Spirit by baptism. Something that has filled the whole earth. You know, go out to all the world and make, it, make all the nations, you know, baptize all nations in the name of the Father and the Son and of the Holy Spirit. By the grace and the gift of God, good things happen. And you can see that, right? Look at Ebenezer Scrooge. When he's surrounded by all of his money, he's a cranky old man that nobody likes at all and you foresee what his end will be. But when there is that breaking in of grace, something new happens. Like I said, those movies kind of point toward it, but we do have something here even better than a movie. We have the reality of what happened with our blessed mother at the Annunciation. She's open to the gift of the Lord. The Lord who loves us, who wants to give us everything, wants to give us himself wants to give us his son and continues to do the same thing even to this day. The good news for us is is that we are not in charge, that it's not up to us, you know, to build, you know, the perfect society on earth. Rather, what we are called to do is to be in loving communion with him, to stop many times every day to repeat these words of the angel Gabriel, Hail Mary, full of grace to remember that fact that event that actual moment in history in which God became man and now we prepare to celebrate his birth right in just a couple of days on Christmas but not just on that day to celebrate every day of our lives that our God loves us That he wants us to be in communion with him. He wants us to speak to him. To have no other gods beside him because nothing else will fulfill us. To speak the truth and to show forth the fact that that love is possible. To stop at least once a week on this day to spend time in adoration of him. Because ultimately we need it. We need to know the fact that even in the midst of all of this craziness, it's not all up to us to figure out the way out. Rather, we've been given a Savior, and his name is Jesus. Thanks be to God that we have the gifts that we have, the commandments that we have to stay open to receiving that gift. In these last few days of Advent, let's pray for that grace to recognize. Yeah, are there all sorts of things out of our control? Yes, there are. But we've been given a Savior, and we prepare to celebrate his birth in just a few days. May we cling to him with all we have, And help others to do the same. Praise be Jesus Christ, now and forever.